Welcome to Sellersburg United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world to you, wherever you are. Psalm 23 again this week, and then we're going to focus on the final three verses, the last half of this great and famous psalm. So we're going to offer it through the Common English Bible. It's different than you are used to hearing it, but I hope that's a good thing, that maybe you hear it afresh, you hear it anew, the meaning once again captivates your imagination, even if you have another version memorized. So let us take a moment, take a breath and hear from the word. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He lets me rest in grassy meadows. He leads me to restful waters. He keeps me alive. He guides me in proper paths for the sake of his good name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no danger because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they protect me. You set a table for me right in front of my enemies. You bathe my head in oil. My cup is so full, it spills over. Yes, goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the Lord's house as long as I live. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We spent last week walking through the first three verses. And it's a wonderful symbol of King David, the shepherd of Israel, the appointed and anointed king of God's people, turned to God, his Lord, to name the Lord as his shepherd. David understands that it's through him that Lord will lead the people. The Lord will be the king through David who submits himself. Now he's not perfect at it, but it is his goal. And that is what we can take with us. We're not perfect at this. We're not perfect at trying to be the church, to be the people of God, to be the children of God, to accept what God has to say to us in such a way that it then flows through us to others, to the world around us that is in need of this good word. We're not perfect. But if it's our goal, our wholehearted goal, our pure focus and goal, my friends, amazing things will be accomplished through the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. So we we come to this and we like David last week acknowledged that it's the Lord that's our shepherd, no one else, nothing else. We follow the way and the guidance of the Lord. And then in the last three verses, the voice change is significant. 
The first three verses, it's as if David is speaking to us about God. The Lord is my shepherd. He does these things. He leads me to grassy meadows. He leads me to still waters. He keeps me alive. And then in our verse today, it changes. And it's no longer being directed at a third party. And speaking of God in the third person, it gets directed to God. And we find that David addresses God in the, in the second person. You. No longer he, but you. And comes to this middle section. And in Hebrew poetry... The middle is where the heart, where the focus, where the point of the writing is. And so verse 3 is the middle. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no danger because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they protect me. David knows times of trouble. David spent much of his life surrounded by enemies that wanted to topple Israel, wanted to conquer him, this great king. And so much of his life has been battle. He battled Saul in the early part, and then he battles many nations in the middle and the latter part of his life. He established Israel that came through violence, that came through war. David knows what it's like to be surrounded by death and darkness by chaos. And we know that too. There's much that surrounds us today that can only really be described by the word chaos, which is the opposite of order. God wants order in our lives. God teaches us how to order our lives, gives us purpose and meaning. When we reject that purpose and meaning and we live in a way that's out of order, it's chaos. It's chaos. Things can seem out of control, and I don't know of any other year beyond 2020, at least in my lifetime, that has given us more a feeling of chaos. I'm sure there have been years prior. But we walk through this year as a world dealing with disease and death. Lots and lots of death from a virus that we don't even understand yet. We're getting there. As a nation, it's been politicized. We're tired of being isolated, wearing masks. We're tired of people not isolating and not wearing masks. And people that aren't wearing masks and aren't isolating are tired of those people who insist that they do. We're just exhausted. Then there's racial injustice, which is nothing new. It's 450 plus years of racial injustice occurring on this soil that we call the United States of America. And while there have been some steps forward, we have a long way to go. And so we see and are reminded of the great injustice time and time again. And we are not at the end of that. And it seems out of our control which is why people are protesting and why people's protest sometimes goes beyond the realm of peace. It's chaos that's being addressed in the streets. And then in our own church, our own denomination, our own building, our own congregation, the conversation on human sexuality, it's, it's, it's thrown us out of 
our rhythm, our rhythm of love and grace and peace and unity, it has caused disruption. It has caused chaos. And then all of that, and we're in the middle of an election season. And you can watch a debate and see chaos in, on full display, a lack of order. I mean, that's, it's part of our culture now, right? And candidates can't talk about what they do. They just talk about what the other person doesn't do. Or You know it, and we're all tired or exhausted. It's chaotic. We're surrounded by it. Turn on the news, there it is. Turn on the TV, there it is. Read the newspaper, there it is. We look out our window, there it is. We look in the mirror, there it is. I think David understood chaos, understood what it's like to be in a deep, dark place. And we describe that in many ways these days. Exhaustion, depression, anger, isolation, sadness, heaviness, loneliness, oppression, hatred. Friends, we know these things. Feels like they surround us. Some of them are right here within us. It's a hard walk. David lifts up even in the deepest, darkest place that lacks life. God is with us. God is with us. God is with you. You cannot be separated from God and God's love for you. You can be in the midst of the most chaotic moment you might ever experience, and God is right there. Now, as much as we like to think and maybe have been taught that if we live a life that's as the church or we feel like God wants us to live, that somehow we're going to avoid these deep, dark places. But most of us know that's not true. What we hear in Scripture is not that God is going to lead us away from trouble in life. We're all going to experience it. We're all going to experience death what we find is that God comes right into the middle of it with us, never leaves us, never abandons us. God is right there with us. This is on full display in the story of Jesus Christ, who comes to be in the world, in flesh, the word of God among us, knows full well of the hatred that can come to those who speak truth to those who speak a word of love and grace, those who disrupt the rhythm of chaos. Christ walked our path, experienced rejection, experienced mocking, experienced crucifixion and death and violence, brutality, oppression, and did that all to join us in our reality, to show us the way through to life on the other side. And we experience resurrections all the time as we look forward to the great day when all the earth will be renewed and restored. We can hang on the middle section of this entire passage, you are with me. We can know that God is with us 
as David did. As David looks to the rod, the staff of the shepherd. And we find that in the word. We find that in our tradition. We find that in our experience together as the church that we are guided in the midst of the darkness. And then David lifts up this idea of a table amidst enemies. That the the Lord is a shepherd and becomes the abundant host that prepares a place for us to receive sustenance and all that we need to receive the table. Even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of enemies, as David knew too well, David could be at the table of the Lord, surrounded even by nations, always looking to attack. And we find that when David talks about pursuit. See, in David's life, he was constantly coming up against opposition from foreign nations. And I imagine as a king like David, he's always looking over his shoulder, always making sure to watch his back because he was being pursued. He started off his young life being pursued by Saul and was pursued most of his life by varying enemy looking to bring his downfall. Here he lifts up the pursuit of God in contrast. Sometimes it feels like chaos is pursuing you. David wants us to know, David is uplifting, that God pursues us. That the goodness of God, the faithful love of God, relentlessly pursues us. And what a gift that this is. And if we could just accept it. Because if you're like me, and and in the midst of my spinning and reeling, I could think of a million reasons why I don't deserve the love, the mercy, the goodness of God. And if I'm left to my own rationale, I'm not going to get there. Can I trust in the goodness, the faithful love of God? Can I trust that God pursues me with ferocity? That there's an unrelenting effort by God to reach my heart, to reach yours, to reveal to us the fullness of grace and love as revealed fully in Jesus Christ, who came and did everything that could be done. Christ entered into the world, walked our path, experienced darkness, experienced rejection and mockery and arrest and beating and violence and crucifixion and oppression and injustice, stood in the face of the self-righteousness of the religious leaders who did not like him disrupting their chaotic order. And he took it all upon himself with only forgiveness to reflect in response. And then gave us the Holy Spirit that we may follow him. That's a testament of God's love for you and for me. Can I accept that good news? The whole point is wrapped up at the end of this song. I will live in the Lord's house as long as I live. The Lord's house. This is lifted up like a household. The charge in charge of a household in this context would have been a father, which is why we talk about God as father, not because God's male, but because God is the head of the household and we are children of the head of the household. In other places of scripture, God is lifted up as a mother, as as a parent. That's what we want to hang on to, a good parent, the kind of parent 
who never abandons their children, ever, and seeks for their children to come together. And that's what the Holy Spirit is all about, is to be in our hearts, to bring us together, that we can be in the Lord's house as a community, as a family, always, for our whole life, as long as we live. And that's what we need to emphasize in this day, where the world around us seems to call to split us apart, to create factions, to create controversy, that we can't be together, that we can't see each other as human being to human being. The church is the place where we embody this the most. And unfortunately, we aren't doing that very well. But we have hope. God never leaves us, even in the darkest of our days. Even as we feel pursued by the chaos, we have a God who pursues us. So whether you engage with the church through virtual worship, whether you're in the building, whether you can call people, write letters, do whatever you can to connect with people, to be the Lord's family, to live in the Lord's house, to tell and celebrate and remind each other of the goodness and faithful love of God that relentlessly pursues us, that is witnessed to us by Jesus Christ who gave us the Holy Spirit, that then we can become a part of this very work as it continues on and goes forward. We are not alone. God is with us. And one of the main ways that God is with us is through the Holy Spirit and one another. That we can create a place where the chaos has no say where in the space that we are together as community, we can welcome one another to the table, the abundant table of God's goodness and faithful love, that we can anoint one another, that we can take care of one another, that we can keep each other on track and on the path, that we can be beside each other in the midst of the deep darkness and the depression and the things that we are experiencing, that we can take each other's hand that we can hear each other's voice, that we can never leave each other alone. And it's through the Holy Spirit that we are called into this life that we become something so much more than we could ever be on our own. The same thing David lifts up. The only way David lives into the life he was called is if he looks to God to guide him every step of the way. And friends, I urge you, I urge you to turn to God in this way. Let the Lord be your shepherd. Understand that the shepherd never abandons us. Understand that everything that has needed to be done has been done, and we have all that we truly need. And let us live from the abundance of what we truly need that we may be a cup that spills over to the world around us because the world of chaos around us needs the word of God that's in us. And so friends, let us go out into the chaos and reveal God's order. Let us go to the darkness and be a light. Let us step into the crazy world around us where there's division and enemies 
and let us be a witness to the pursuit of God who brings us together. Go, go in peace, my friends, as we are one body in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We thank you for joining us today, and it is our hope that you have experienced the blessing of God through our time together. If you'd like to know more about our church community and its ministries, visit our website at sellersburgumc.com.